sure if it's a happy new year. And that's what we're going to kind of talk about this morning. And the theme that we're about to embark on over the next month is the theme that's called Rise Up. And uh, we're going to be looking, as Gillian read, in the book of Kings, uh, 1 Kings chapter 17. I think Anthony's going to be speaking next week and carrying on from kind of where I've left off. And I love the story about Elijah. And we're going to unpack um, that this morning. But I do think when we look around or maybe when we come to the end of last year or what the, or what the, the news was broadcasting constantly, is it a happy new year? Sometimes we think we have to kind of ask that question. You know, a few years ago, it was all about the Russian war with the Ukraines. And then we've got Israel, we've got Gaza. The images over the TV are just absolutely horrific. And that's just to name a few of the things that are going on in our world. We're reading just in the news just this last week about people just having to move out their homes because hundreds of thousands of houses are all flooded out. And you can imagine that happening to your own home and just losing everything. It seems like it's story after story of bad news. (laughs) But there's a bit of an uprising going on because people are making a bit of a stand, you know. Was it doctors last week in England (laughs) with their placards saying fair pay, we want fair pay. We've had it in Scotland with the teacher strike, you know, just um, lobbying the government, fair pay, fair pay, we want fair pay. We've got a cost of living crisis, people want to be able to pay their bills. It's not easy. Life's not easy. In some effects, we feel that the poor are getting poorer. Uprising is happening all around us. People are on the streets calling for a more just world. And people in their homes rising above the quarantine to love their neighbor. COVID taught us a lot, didn't it? We got to know our neighbors and our street and all the people around about us because we never, ever have spent so much time at home. But so many things to learn But when we look at this chapter in 1 Kings chapter 17, we're going to study the prophet of Elijah. And from the Old Testament book, this prophet enters a book and tells the national history of the people of Israel, chronicling the rise and the fall of Israel's great kings. And just where I kind of set the scene, Elijah turns up in 1 Kings 17, and we don't have any more information about him, where he's come from. (laughs) But here he is. (laughs) Well, we know that he's from, is it a Tishbe in Galad. But he had a a calling that God had put on his heart that he had to go and tell the king, because there was so much immorality going on. The kings were not worshipping God. They were going their own way. I think it was Baal they were worshipping. And he was away to have a word with the king. So I don't think I would like that job, but he was away to go and do that. If you read the start of verse, chapter 17, verse 1, he told King Ahab, As surely as the Lord, the God of Israel, lives, the God I serve, there will be no dew or rain during the next few years until I give the word. And then the Lord said to Elijah, Go to the east and hide by the Kenrith Brook near where it enters the Jordan River. And believe me, if I was telling a big king of someone in authority or something like that, I'd be away to hide too, <laughs> just to make sure that I was going to get through the next day or the next week. <laughs> but there was this drought, just like what um, Gillian just shared with us. There was this drought. There was no rain. Things were getting really, really desperate. And Elijah, probably according to the king, was a little bit of a troublemaker, you know. Those people that just say, look, you're not doing right. Change your ways. You're not doing right. Change your ways. But he wasn't really up for hearing or listening to it. 
But here we have God calling him and telling him what to do. God called him to go and chat to the king. And then God gave him instruction about how he was going to look after him. And he told him where to go, to go and hide. And it was ravens that were going to come and feed him and bring food. And the brook that he was beside was going to provide him with that little bit of water with what was left in the land. I just love the fact that he was just obedient to God in all of that. Obedience is something that we have to think about when we come into 2024. You know, what is it that God's calling us to do? And these are just good questions to ask. But I don't know, does anyone do New Year's resolutions now? Anybody have a little thought? I have a few ideas, but nothing's concrete yet. It's still only the 6th of January. <laughs> but sometimes it's really good when we think of our spiritual lives to just evaluate things a little bit and think, what is God calling us to do? And in the midst of that, obedience is really important because some of you know what God's calling you to do. And it's really, really clear. And maybe this year is about being obedient to that calling. Some of you are swaying and just putting out that fleece and saying, I'm not sure what it is, but God, show me. I'm kind of in between. And others of us are not listening at all. And maybe that can be a challenge for us in this year as we worship God together to figure out what it is that God is calling us to. Elijah had that clear calling and he was obedient to this. And then as we come to the next part in the story, um, I don't know if you got to uh, watch any movies over Christmas. See, when you have children, movies are like a rarity. And, um, and then when you do get to watch a movie, you end up falling asleep. <laughs> so, <laughs> so my husband and I decided, I don't know if it was New Year's Day, I can't even remember what day it was, that we're going to watch a movie. And we always, movies are so long these days. I mean, some of them are like three hours. So we always have a plan that we'll watch it halfway through and then we'll watch the other half the next night. <laughs> but this movie wasn't too long and it was exceptionally good. So we were kind of like, keep watching and keep trying to stay awake to watch it. But it was called, I think it was called The Upside. And I love this movie because it's about this black guy and he'd been in prison, he'd been really naughty, really bad, and he was out on parole. And um, it was quite a funny movie. <laughs> and his parole officer, you know, like, I think it's a bit like being here um, in the UK where, you know, if you're applying for jobs and you want money, you need proof that you've been applying for jobs. But that's what he was needing. He was needing signatures to show that he'd been applying for these jobs <laughs> and it, so he could get his money and get his allowance so he got two signatures and his parole officer was saying to him, look, this is not good enough. We've given you all this time. You need to get another signature. And he was like, oh, okay. So I think he just found the first job in the newspaper or whatever, went for the interview and sat in a room of like, I don't know, 40 people. And he's like, what are people applying for here? This is an awful lot of people sitting in a room. <laughs> so a couple of hours passed and he got a bit fed up waiting because all he wanted was a signature. He didn't want a job, you know. <laughs> So he burst into the room where the interviews were taking place and he said to them, oh, I'm really sorry to interrupt you. I'm really just not wanting a job, but can you just sign my papers because I, I was looking for a job. And the guy, the actual job was a carer's job looking for someone who was, is it a quadrilipo? Is it someone who can't move their arms and legs? He'd had an accident, he was in a wheelchair and he was looking for someone to look after him 24-7 um, round the clock. It was a living position. I think the guy was just really fed up because he wasn't that old of all the clinical world of carers that this guy turned up and he was quite funny and he was just like, oh, I'll give you a job. And the lady that was interviewing him was like, what? What? You don't mind about this guy. He's like, no, no, I don't want a job. I just want a signature. <laughs> and eventually, to cut a long story short, the guy went away and realized how bad his life was. 
He'd broken up with his girlfriend. He couldn't see his kids. He was kicked out of the house because things were so bad. And he thought, maybe if I take a job, it'll be all right because it's a living position and maybe it'll be okay. And the whole movie's about him learning to be a carer and it's hilarious. But I just loved the fact that this guy chose him. He was the most, <laughs> all these professional people were all sitting in this queue in this room <laughs> waiting to be interviewed. <laughs> and he took the guy that was out of prison <laughs> and thought, actually, I'm looking for a bit of fun. I'm looking for something different. I'm looking for a bit of adventure. I think we can work together. And that's what the movie was about. And when we look at this story of this widow, here she is. I mean, what? I, I really, is this really who God's going to pick to, to help this amazing, great prophet be successful in the things that God's calling him to do? This woman is just about giving up on life. <laughs> things are bad. Things are so desperate. But God said to Elijah, you go, and you're going to meet a widow, and she's going to provide food for you, and she's going to look after you. I think, is it verse 10? So he went off to Zarephath. As soon as he arrived at the gates of the village, he saw a widow gathering sticks. And he asked her, would you please bring me a little water in a cup? As she was going to get it, he called her. Can you bring me a bite of bread too? But she said, I swear by the Lord your God that I don't have a single piece of bread in the house. I have only a handful of flour left in the jar and a little cooking oil. I know what I would have said if I had nothing. I'd be like, what? <laughs> Just go away and leave me alone. <laughs> We're about to make my last meal, so me and my family are going to die. We're not going to have anything else. But she goes away and gets the cup of water for him, and that wasn't an issue. But when he asked for bread, it was like, well, I don't have any. I've only got this. And actually, the little bit that I have... I'm going to look and cook it for my family. And she's explaining to me, I'm just gathering a few sticks to cook the last meal, and then my son and I are going to die. I mean, we're talking desperate here. But Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go ahead and do just what you've said, but make a little bit of bread for me first. <laughs> And then use whatever's left to prepare a meal for yourself and your sons. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. There will always be flour and olive left, olive oil left in your containers until the time when the Lord sends rain and the crops grow again. Now, I don't know if somebody told you that when you're facing death and you're facing starvation, whether you'd be like, who is this guy? <laughs> who is this guy that says that I'm going to have continual flour, I'm going to have continual oil, and I'll be able to make bread. But you know, there's an incredible encounter here where she trusts him. Where she trusts him, and she believes what he says. And we see an incredible act of God's provision here. So she did as Elijah said, and she and Elijah and her family continued to eat for many days. There was always enough flour and olive oil left in the containers just as the Lord had promised through Elijah and one of the things I want to remind us this year in 2024 is just God's provision I'm sure if I asked you is God provided for you many of you will be able to tell stories over the years of God's provision but sometimes when we're in the midst of desperate situations or where life's tough and things are maybe not going to plan or things 
You don't even know the plan anymore because things are really, really hard. Sometimes many people give up their faith and they walk the other way. And this story is an encouragement to us and a whisper in your ear to say, God will provide. Do you trust me? Do you trust my words? What is it says in Proverbs? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways. He will make your path straight. Is that right? If I remember from memory. Believe me, there's been many times in my life where I've said, God, I don't understand. <laughs> you know, that kind of screaming way where things are really not going the way you want or life is really tough. It's like, I don't understand. And you know, it's okay to not understand. He just wants us to trust him in the midst of all of that. It was the responsibility of the political leaders, the king to care for the widows, the orphans. This woman felt that everybody had abandoned her. And of all the people that God could have chosen to provide for Elijah, he chose this widow. And I wonder what that message kind of meant to her, to know that God was real, to know that God cares, (laughs) to know that God's alive, that this God surely is a living God. This is Elijah's God. She didn't know this God. But oh my goodness, this God was there. God is here for all of us. God loves us enough to care about our needs. God is a God of provision. I love those words that Elijah said to her when she probably probably gave this kind of look when he asked for the bread. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. And sometimes God asks us to give. It's a faith exercise, a little before that provision comes in. And that's what this lady did. She gave everything that she had. Elijah asked her to feed him first. (laughs) And then what was left? Don't be afraid. That's God's word to us in 2024. Don't be afraid. His provision is there. And the last thing I want to share with you is God's promise. You think things couldn't get worse, any worse. This woman's been through a lot. But anyway, it's all going well. She's got food and she's got enough to get by. God's provision is there. And then in verse 17, sometime later, the woman's son becomes sick. He grew worse and worse and finally died. And then she said to Elijah, Oh man of God, what have you done to me? Have you come here to point out my sins and to kill my son? But Elijah replied, Give me your son. And he took the child's body from her arms, carried him up the stairs to the room where he was staying, and he laid the body on his bed. And then Elijah cried out to the Lord, O Lord, my God, why have you brought tragedy to this widow who has opened up her home to me, causing her son to die? And he stretched himself out over the child and three times and cried out to the Lord, O Lord, my God, please let this child's life return to him. Oh, Lord, my God, please let this life's child, let this child's life return to him. The Lord heard Elijah's prayer, and the life of the child returned, and he revived. And then Elijah brought him down from the upper room and gave him to his mother and said, Look, he said, your son is alive. Then the woman told Elijah, Now I know for sure 
that you are a man of God and that the Lord truly, truly speaks through you. The third thing I just want to start off this kind of new year with is just God's promise. He promises to look after us. He doesn't just call us <laughs> and tell us what the plan is for our lives and, and we get involved. He doesn't just provide for us. But even when the going gets really tough, you have to remember God's promises over us that I will never leave you or forsake you that I'm going to be there. Now, in this story, the son came alive again, and this lady witnessed that miracle. And there's many of us sitting here who've witnessed the miracle. It may not be the raising of the dead, but it might be a miracle of healing. We've seen quite a few healings over this last year of people when the church has prayed and people who, things could have gone the other way. <laughs> but God had a plan, and God wasn't finished with them yet. And God brought his healing power there. And we were all a witness to that. And it's exciting and it's brilliant when things happen. But also I really encourage you when God works miracles and works the mag, just tell people, tell each other. Share it with each other. So people will know that God's real. So people have no doubt that God is there. He's going to look after us through the toughest trials. But one of the things I do want to address is that sometimes we can pray for things and it doesn't always go the way that we expect. I'm very aware that as long as we live in this world, we're going to be exposed to a lot of suffering. A lot of suffering, a lot of pain. We spend a lot of time as pastors sitting with people through the hardest days and the darkest days of their lives. When they've received bad news, when it's been cancer diagnosis, when they've been told they've not got long when they're just upset over something that's happened in a family situation. I could tell you story after story, but God's promises are still real. God's promises are still there. Have you heard the poem of the footprints? You know, a man was walking. I can't remember it all. I haven't got it written down, but it was a man was walking or a woman was walking along the sand and she noticed that there was two sets of footprints all the way along. And she was praying and she said to God, you know, I noticed that you've told me that you'll always be with me. But, sorry, there was four sets of footprints. But there was a time when there was only two. And I realized that during the time of those two sets of footprints were the hardest and the toughest times of my life. I shared that with a lady recently who'd lost her son. I said, God, why did you abandon me? He says, my dear child, I didn't abandon you. It was those footprints, it was my footprints because it was that time that I carried you. And that's a reminder to us that through the tough times, maybe 2024 is not a happy year at the moment. And that was really hard for you to turn around and say to somebody, Happy New Year. Because you know there's lots of things up ahead over the next few months. The future is uncertain. You don't know what's going to happen. But I want to remind you of God's promises. That he'll never leave you or forsake you. The theme is rise up. When things get hard and things get tough, some people just give up and walk in a different direction. I would really encourage you today to rise up. Rise up above our human abilities. Rise up above 
the things that the world are throwing at us and rest in the arms of Jesus. Because he's the one that's going to carry us. He's the one that's going to get us through. Actually, whatever you're going to go through, someone told me this, you're going to go through it anyway. Even if it's tough. So why not go through it and allow the Lord to carry you through? Is that not a better option than to walk alone? I want to close with a story. And um, I'm sure many of you, put your hands up if you're familiar with the song, The Old Hymn, It Is Well With My Soul. Yeah, I want to share the story behind that. Some of you might know it already. I realize I printed it off and it wasn't the right story. So I'm going to read it just here. Horatio Spatford, eh, Spatford, he wrote that song. And I want to tell you a little bit about the story behind it. He wrote, he knew something about life's unexpected challenges. He was a successful attorney and real estate investor who lost a fortune in the great Chicago fire of 1871. Around the same time, his beloved four-year-old son died of scarlet fever. Thinking of a vacation would do his family some good, he sent his wife and four daughters on a ship to England, planning to join them after he finished some pressing business at home. However, while the crossing the Atlantic Ocean, the ship was involved in a terrible collision and sunk, and more than 200 people lost their lives, including all four of Horatio Spatford's precious daughters. His wife, Anna, survived the tragedy. And upon arriving in England, she sent a telegram to her husband and she began, saved alone, what shall I do? Horatio immediately set sail for England and at one point during his voyage, the captain of the ship, aware of the tragedy that had struck the Spatford family, summoned Horatio to tell him that they were now passing over the spot where the shipwreck had happened. And as Horatio thought about his daughters, words of comfort and hope filled his heart and his mind. And he wrote them down, and they were all expressed through that hymn. <laughs> it is well with my soul. You know, when we go through some of the hardest things, only the Holy Spirit can do that. To come alongside us and bring words that no one else can bring of comfort, of peace in the midst of dark times, in the midst of hard times. And today I want to really encourage you with that. Elijah, through the witness and the testimony of his obedience to God and just the way that God provided, was a witness to this woman, this widow, that God was real. Do you know when things happen to us as Christians, people are watching? Are you going to give up your faith now? Or are you going to keep going? And even just living our Christian life through the hard times is an incredible witness to those around us. Even when we feel like giving up. But I want to remind us this morning that it's God who brings life from death. It's God who brings food for the hungry. It's God who brings resurrection for the sick. And in everything, if you forget everything I've said this morning, <laughs> remember Elijah's words. Do not be afraid. Let's pray together. Father, we just come before you and I just recognize we've, it's been a bit of a hard talk this morning. 
that as a community of your people, we go through hard times. For some of us, it's a happy new year. For others, we're aware it's going to be a hard year. But Lord, I thank you that in the midst of everything that you are here, that you call us, that you have a plan, that you have a purpose, that your provision is there, and I pray that you would just help us to see that. And Lord, more than anything, I thank you for your promises. Your promises are so true. We thank you for your word that's full of your promises. The promise that you would never leave us or forsake us, that you are there through the ups and the downs, through the happy times, through the sad times. But Lord, when we're overcome by fear and pain and suffering, help us just to remember that you're there. I just thank you for the testimony of that hymn, of how this man could write this hymn in the midst of the incredible suffering that he endured. But God, he never gave up on you. He loved you. And it was his faith in you that got him through and carried him through that darkest time. Father, we thank you for your healing power. But Lord, I just pray in the silence that you would just minister to us of where we're at today. Just quietly speak up to God what your need is, what your prayer is. Father, I thank you that you hear our prayers. You know everything that's going on in our lives. And I pray this morning that you would give us that courage and the power by your Holy Spirit to rise up above what's going on. Help us to see things from your perspective. Help us to sit in your presence when words can't describe what's going on. Help us to know your promises, to read your promises, to read your word. And I thank you, God, that you're there. I thank you, God, that you're real. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.